what you just gave me, and I want you to give it back to Jesus much more than what you just gave me. Would you just give him the greatest praise in the world right now and thank him. Lord Jesus, we love you, we praise you, we adore you, we magnify you. You're the one that gets all the glory and the honor. It's all about you. We lift you up high. We lift your name up. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And let's, let, let's, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you for this honor and opportunity uh, to stand in this pulpit. For, Father, there was a day when, uh, when all of this originated um, that uh, Tave and I were here. And we're so excited uh, to be here again. We're so excited to be with probably um, which I consider the most beautiful state in the United States. We thank you for that, Lord. And I just uh, I thank you for the opportunity of being able to minister to your people in this incredible congregation. I just thank you for the, the, the presence, your presence in this place, because without you, we can do nothing. And, Lord, it's all about you. And, uh, Lord Jesus, I'm just asking you today that the will of the Father that has already uh, been, been spoken, already been written for this day, I pray that it will be fulfilled because we humble ourselves before you right now and we pray your will be done in this place and in this church. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, give the Lord one more big clap. Amen. And you may be seated. I want to um, I want to thank everybody. I, I, I already love this place because uh, the clock is over there where you can't see it, and it blends into the wall, so that's that's wonderful. Anyway, um, I want to say to uh, to Pastor Mark, Pastor Claudette, and uh, to the board, um, I want to thank you so much. Um, we were uh, we went out to dinner last night. I saw the sunset. Oh, my gracious. So I am probably going to call back to our church and tell them that I need a sabbatical for a month and I need to stay up here because I hadn't seen the sunset yet. I mean, the sunrise yet, and I've already heard about that. But, uh, but I want to introduce to you the greatest gift that God has given me outside of salvation, and uh, that is my wife, the mother of our four children, and that is my wife, Tava. Honey, would you stand and amen? And uh, I also want to recognize uh, Pastor Brian and uh, Leah. I still call him Pastor, um, and uh, because he is a son, they are a son and daughter. Uh, their family, their kids. Uh, we were up here when Celebration Life uh, first began, and uh, we we have a great love. We have a lot of prayer. Uh, here for Celebration Life, and when Celebration Life first began, uh, Covenant Love was we were supporting financially. Uh, to we wanted to make sure that everything you know was off the ground and going, and uh, and we saw that happening. And then uh, Pastor Brian called me one day, and this was this was at a, at a time that uh, I was we we had grown to such number numbers. Uh, in our church, that I really needed a, uh, an executive pastor. I needed I needed help. Um, I, I, I can relate to what Moses was going through when his father-in-law Jethro came up to him and gave him some uh, some godly instruction. 
And he, he listened to that. But he called me and he said, I've just been praying and God's just really put on my heart. If there's anything that I can, can help you with or anything you do. And then I told him about that. And then the next thing I know, uh, they are coming back to North Carolina. And uh, I know actually now I'm putting two, two plus two is four. And I'm, I'm seeing what happened because if they had not have come back, Josiah would have not come in contact again with my daughter, which means they got married. They, they saw each other, hadn't seen each other in I don't know how long. And uh, Josiah was like, I, there was nothing in my heart to go back to North Carolina until my dad said. And then he said, when I got there, and then they met, quick story. And next thing we know, we got a little boy, grandchild, and you know, Malachi. And uh, so they, <laughs> that was there. But also, uh, I did not know, we did not know that it was going to be one of the most um, tragic times that we had ever faced in our life, uh, that our oldest son would graduate to heaven uh, during that time when he got there. And I just thank God, I cannot thank God enough that he was in that position in place, because if any of you have, uh, if you've ever lost a child, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very tough, rough time that you go through. And so I know that God sent them to help us to transition uh, that particular period of time in our life. And God was extremely, extremely faithful. And our son is uh, in, in heaven, and uh, he's in our future. And uh, we'll be there forever and ever and ever and, uh, and eternally. So uh, I just I thank, God for, um, I thank God for them. And, of course, then they moved back uh, here. And uh, so there's been, and I know there's been a lot of things that, uh, that have taken place and, and happened. But I want to just say to you this morning that my message is a message that God has put in my heart. Matter of fact, this is a message that I have never preached. I've never preached this message. God downloaded this message to me as I was praying. I've been praying and interceding um, uh, before, we, before we came up here. And, uh, and, of course, every preacher needs to have a title of a message. So just for, the, for that sake, I want to say that God put this in my heart, and that is this, moving into destiny. Moving into destiny. And when you, when you think about... The word destiny, you, you, you think about, well, what is, what, you know, what is that definition? And, the, and literally the definition is the power that determines the course of events. And I love that. That's even in the English uh, dictionary. It says the power that determines the course of events. And we know what the power in the universe is. It is not the devil even though the devil has power and we know he's here, we know he's got an organization here, but the power that determines the course in this universe is God Almighty. And, uh, and I, I just I want, to take the, I want to take the time this morning to really pour into you. I want to, uh, uh, because at the end of the service, um, I'm going to give you, um, he's God's son, they're God's son and daughter, but I want to give you one of my sons. And I want to give you the daughter, and I want to give you the family. Um, of course, you see they have four kids. I've told all of our associate pastors uh, on staff that if you're going to work here, you have to have four children. It just, it just goes along. Go with, and they took it literally. I mean, I was just kidding, but they took it literally. Anyway, um, I want to talk to you about transition because you are in a transition time. Every single one of us 
will always be in transition. Even though there's transition that takes place and then there are seasons within the transition of, of things in our life because, you, you know, I mean, you may have been working for years and then you transition over into retirement. Uh, you, you may transition in your life that uh, something happened in a, in a marriage, a, a spouse could die, or maybe, you know, there may be a divorce or something like that. There's a transition that takes place. Uh, transition is always and is inevitable in our lives uh, as human beings and especially as born-again believers because the Bible tells us that we are constantly going to transition because the Bible says we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. And uh, so, we're, so we're always moving in that. Thank God the Lord never changes, but we do. He changes us, and we're constantly being changed and conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That is so vitally important because, because people need to see that Jesus is real. And the only way they can see that Jesus is real is when they see Him in us. They see our actions, our deeds, our behaviors, uh, the, the, way we, the, you know, the way we do things and the way we talk. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says the world is going to know that we're His disciples, not by what we acquire, not, not by what we have achieved, not by titles and, and, and acquisitions or material wealth or anything like that. The Bible says that the world, that means the world, people that were just like me and just like you one time that were not saved, they're going to know that we're actually His disciples because of our love for one another. That is the foundation of every single thing. And so, so the word transition means this. It means movement or change from one position or change to another. It means realignment and, tur- and, and a turning point. It means to go, and I love this because of where we're going in Scripture, to go and to cross over. It means that you're in one position and you're getting ready to go into another position. It does not mean all the time that every position that you've come out of has been a good position. There can be some things that happen in your life. But in the middle of that, thank God, God will never leave us nor forsake us. God is not against us. He is always for us. He's there helping us to make decisions and coming through every situation uh, that, uh, that we may face in our life. And, and that's what you're doing. You're, you're coming into a transition uh, concerning the ministry, uh, the ministry here. And, um, and, and I, don't, I want to read this to you in Exodus, the 13th chapter, verse 21. And it says this. This, this, scripture, is, this scripture is so comforting to me, but it's also... It, 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 it also gives my mind and my heart a rest when I'm going through any situation, and it is this. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud and to lead the way by night a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go uh, day and night. He, to go day and night. He did not take away the pillar of the cloud or the, or the, uh, by the day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. The key there is in verse 21 where it says the Lord went before them. Do you know before you ever go through any situation in your life, God's already walked it before you? He's, all, he's, already, he's already been there. He's already he's, he's been there. He's, he, he, he's, he said he, the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them. Uh, he took care of them. He provided for them. So in other words, 
where you're going, God has already laid it out. It's already there. Psalms 139 says this, All the days of your life were written before you ever lived one of them. That's the reason that prayer is so vitally important in our life. Because what we do in the Bible, we have the revealed will of God, the written will of God for us in what God tells us. But did you know that, uh, that when Jesus went to choose the disciples, there was no place in the Old Testament that he could open up Jeremiah or Ezekiel or Isaiah and anywhere and find the names of the disciples that he was supposed to choose? There was no, no way. And, and, and in the book of John, uh, Jesus said this. He said, I don't seek my own will, but he said, I seek the will of him who sent me. And all of a sudden, I realize in my life that if Jesus had to seek the will of God to find out things, to know where to go, when to go, how to do it, to know who to pick as a disciple, how much more do I, as a believer, also need to seek God in everything in my life so that I will know that I'm walking in His will? Because God, by the Holy Spirit, will reveal His will to us. It, it, it is no longer a mystery. We have the revealed will of God here. Paul said, I, I, God gave me the mystery. But there are mysteries in our life of things that we don't know. I mean, there's things concerning business. There's things concerning every area of our life. And that's the reason prayer is so vitally important, that I'm praying and saying, God, and that's what Jesus was teaching. He, I said, he, he taught the disciples. The disciples said, teach us to pray. They didn't say teach us to preach, teach us to teach teach us uh, to be successful in whatever area. They knew that his success was based on his relationship with his father. And in that success, it came because he was spending time with God. He was spending time praying. Uh, you know, I tell our congregation all the time, I said, one of the first things that I always do in every single morning when I get up, one of the first things when I get out of bed is I say this, Father, I ask for your will to be done in my life today. It's already been written. It's already been laid out, and I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to lead me, guide me, and direct me in your will for my life today. Whatever that may be, just lead me in that will. Regardless of what happens, regardless if, if bad things happen, tough things happen, I run into problems, circumstances, or anything of that nature, I know in the middle of that, God's will is going to be done. And let me just say this, God's will for me is not a bad will. It is a good will because God is love. But yet at the same time, I have enemies out here. I have, there's principalities and powers and rulers of darkness that are real and they are there. And they're doing everything they can to hinder us, to stop us, to put obstacles in our ways, to attack us. That's the reason that, think about this. God gave us his own armor. The armor of God. He gave it to us. So that tells us right there. That, uh, that, that we've got some enemies out there. I, I, we know that we live in a military town. And uh, Fort Bragg is a large military fort uh, in, the, in the United States right now. And we, we understand what all of that means. Okay, and because uh, we get to pray with soldiers all the time, we stand with our warriors, and we 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 love our military men and women, and for for what they do and the 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 sacrifices uh, that they make, and we see when their families they have to leave their families and go, and the and the moms are there taking care of the kids and doing all all that kind of thing while the husband is out uh, fighting against uh, the enemies. But we we understand that we know bringing in a warrior town, we understand what it needs means to be under threat of terrorism. You may not know this, but the, when ISIS, uh, you, you, you may have seen that ISIS put out a list, a hit list on cities in the United States, and Fedville was number one. 
because Fort Bragg is there. And uh, so we're not sitting around going, oh, gosh, I don't know what they're doing. No, we're interceding. We're taking our authority. We're taking, we're, we're, we're taking it to them. Okay, they, 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 they can put all the, try to put the terror on us, but the Bible tells me that when the fear of the Lord is there, the Bible tells me when God goes before His army, when God is there, that He'll put fear in the enemy's camp. And so we're praying, we're believing, we're standing in the name of the, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you, you don't have to, you don't have to concern yourself. When you get into a situation, God's gonna bring you through that. And when you come out, I'm telling you, it's just like when the, when the Hebrew boys were, were, were thrown in the fire. And when they came out, they were in the fire. They were in the heat. They were in the flame. But God protected them. He pr- protected Daniel in the lion's den. God will protect you. He will take care of you. You just got to totally, completely put your trust in Him and what He'll do. And I guarantee you, every time you come out, you're going to come out on the other side. And when you look back, you're going to see what we, what we see in a picture called footprints in the sand. You're going to see how God was there with you every single step of the way and what He would do. And, and, and when God leads you, guides you, and directs you, there are times that you're going to find, find yourself up against obstacles that are bigger than you, circumstances that look overwhelming, things that you would think, how in the world, in the natural, uh, can, can, can I get through this or uh, can I overcome this? Well, the, the problem is that many times we walk more in the natural, we walk by what we see and what we hear in our five senses than we do what the Bible says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Because when the children of Israel, notice that the Bible says God went before them. If God went before them and they came to the Red Sea, it evidently meant that God had already gone through the Red Sea. And that God had prepared a path for them that they could not see. See, there's a lot of things that God will prepare for you. That's the reason Jesus was talking about don't get overwhelmed with worry. Because He said your Heavenly Father knows what you have need of even before you go to ask Him. But He's also, He's given us the opportunity and the privilege to come to Him. And it's a commandment that we are to come and ask Him because it shows our dependency on Him in everything that we face. And so when the, when the children of Israel came up to the Red Sea, the first thing you would think about, why would you do this? Why would you bring us into a, a place where there is an impasse? When, it, when God's on your side and God's in your life, there's no such thing as an impasse. There's no such thing as someone stopping you. As long as you won't give up and as long as you won't give in. As long as you will trust God, you will declare the Word of God, you will hold on to the Word of God, and you will pray, nothing can stop you from fulfilling your destiny. We're the only people that can stop ourselves from fulfilling the destiny of God in our lives. That is, if we throw up our hands and we just quit. Knowing that God is for me and He's not against me, knowing that God is on my side, I can face every obstacle saying, God, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how we're going to do this, but I do know this. Somehow, some way, I'm getting over to the other side. I'm some way, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know that, I, that I'm going. I'm looking for where the positive is that God is going to bring me. So when the children of Israel came there, one of the most incredible scriptures that we find in the Bible is, is, is in Psalms 77. And it says this. It says, when the children of Israel came, to the, came up to the Red Sea, it says, your way was in the sea. Your path was under the waters, and your footprints were unknown. 
And the word footprints there in the Hebrew means this. It means your heel marks were not yet seen, but you had already been there. And so in the book of Psalms in 77, it says, you already walked through there. Your path was underneath the sea, and it could not be seen. See, God's always got a way for you. He's always got a path. He's always got a a, a way in any situation. You can't see it in the natural, but if you know how much He loves you and how much He cares for you, you can look at that situation and say, God, I know what I see in the natural, but I know that you are greater than what I'm seeing. I know that you've got a way for me. I know you've got a path for me. I know you have a purpose for me. And in that, there are things that I'm going to learn myself. A lot of times what we miss is this. God, by His power, could stop us from ever having to go through any difficulties or any situations. But in His wisdom, He allows us to go through certain things. And the reason He allows us to go through certain things, how in the world are you going to testify to somebody who doesn't know Jesus, who doesn't know God, that's going through a lot of trouble, if you've never gone through trouble, if you've never faced obstacles or circumstances, you've never faced difficulties in your life, and you haven't prayed and watched what God would do, how are you going to testify the goodness of God to somebody else? How are you going to be able to stand and say, hey, I want to pray for you because, you know what, I was going through the same thing one time, and this is what God did for me. This is how God got me through this. And, and, and so by the wisdom of God, God will allow us to walk through things. It doesn't mean that He brought those things to us, but He will allow us to walk with Him to go through those things because somebody that you're going to meet in your lifetime needs to hear what God has done in your life. Can you say amen? Amen. And, and so, so, so everything out here is not, is, is not a, a bed of roses. But every time we go through transition, and notice I said go through transition, Because a church, a congregation, leadership, or individuals can do one of two things. Anytime that you face anything, you can sit down and stop, and you can live in history, or you can move into destiny. One or the other. You can live in history, or you can move in destiny. You know how the devil attacks us and and defeats so many of us as believers? He always brings up, not our future. God's going to bring up our future. The devil's always going to bring up our past. He's going to want us to go in our file cabinet and, and, and tell us how worthless we are and how no good we are and how you missed it here and you missed it there. Thank God that the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Thank God that God's love is unconditional. Thank God that His grace is that He gives me things that I did not deserve and His mercy is He doesn't give me what I do deserve. That's the Jesus that I read about. That's the God that is in this Bible. So that's when things face me, I know God's going to work it out. I said, God, I don't know how you're going to work this out, but I'm looking this way. I'm not going back this way. Because how many of you know you can't drive a car backwards? You can't drive a car looking in the rearview mirror. You know where you're going to end up? You're going to end up in the ditch or you're going to end up wrecking with somebody else. Well, that's the same thing the devil wants you to do. He wants you to drive uh, 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 in, with a GPS going backwards by bringing up every wrong turn that you made, everything that you did. That's what he wants to do. That's not who you are. 
That's not who you are. That's not who's on the inside of you. Thank God that, that when I came out of all of that mess, I had failed in a lot in my life, but God said, but son, you're not a failure. And what God did is God spoke to the king on the inside of me. Because the Bible says we're kings and priests. We're kings and priests unto the Lord. And, and so therefore, he would always speak to my potential and never brought up my past. The devil would bring up my past and make me think that I had no potential, that I had no future. But don't listen to the devil. He is a liar. There is no truth in him whatsoever. Can you say amen? So in, uh, in, in, in when we're talking about transition, and of course we, we talk about, uh, we look at the book of Joshua. In the book of Joshua, in verse 1, it says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all of this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness to, the, to this Lebanon, to the far as the great river, Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites. How many of you know the, the, the ites are still in the land today? The mosquito bites, the Miller lights, the Bud lights, everything. they're all here today. They just have different names. Amen? He said, into the great sea going down toward the sun shall be your territory. Everybody say territory. This is so vitally important where we're going this morning. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Why do we run away from things? If God be for you, who can be against you? No man will be able to stand before you all of your days. By the way, this is the old covenant. And we have a new covenant with better promises, the Bible says. Now watch this. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance. Everybody say inheritance. The land which I swore to their fathers to give them, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all that's according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that's according that uh, all to do all to do all that's written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He will not leave you nor forsake you. The first initiative that we find out when the transition was taking place here, the first initiative from the Lord is the transition is to pass the mantle of leadership here from Moses to Joshua. That Joshua had been groomed for the very task that was at hand. Because we just read at the very start of this, it, it, he said this, he said, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, and what does it say? Moses' assistant. Many times in the Bible, even in Exodus 24, 13, it says, So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. So one of the first things that you look at 
when you see the Bible is you see a transition taking place of leadership and you see the leadership being being given over to someone who has spent time serving another man. One of the things that I found out a long time ago is just like when Jesus called the disciples, called them to himself. And in the body of Christ, one of the things that I have recognized is that God will call people to leaders. They will, he will call them. He will call young men, young women. He will call them to, uh, to leaders who will mentor them and teach them and, and show them and give them opportunity to be able to not only grow in the Lord, but to grow uh, in leadership because one day many of them will be stepping into a role of, of leadership. And the one thing that I have found out so many times uh, in the body of Christ is we have, like Paul said, we have a lot of teachers, but we have very few fathers. We have very few people that will take interest in young people. See, if, if all I'm doing as a pastor is all, if all I'll care about, and, and I see this happening so much in the body of Christ today, if all I think about is enterprising, I'll forget about evangelizing. If all I think about is reputation, I won't talk about repentance. If all I think about is prestige, I won't even go with prayer. That is, that, that is completely wrong in the way that churches and, 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 and leadership should be leading. As leaders and pastors, we should be raising up godly young men and women who can go on the battlefield because we are living on a battlefield, who can go on the battlefield and can stand for their schools. They, they will fight in prayer. They will be examples. To do that, you have to have fathers. To do that, you have to have mentors, people that will pour into you and people that will care. You have to have a, a church that really, really cares. A lot of our budget at the church, we have over, we have over 4,000 people attending our church. And uh, we're, we're right now, we're growing. It's, it's a wonderful, great thing. But let me just say this to you. The, a large percentage of our budget is is given over to children's ministry and youth ministry. You know why? Because I care about the next generation. I care about every generation that is coming up. It's not about just give me my what I've got and let me get out of here and, and, and check out. I want to make sure that I am laying a foundation and I am preparing for the next generation that comes along. As the children are growing up, as the, as the youth are growing up, I am preparing, uh, my wife and I and the whole staff, we are preparing a generation that's going to come up, that's going to be a Joshua generation. They're going to be warriors. They're not going to be passive. You know, they're, 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 not, they're not going to be wimps. They're not going to sit around and just, oh, and, then, and think about everything different, indifferent, being different about everything. They're not going to be around compromise. I want to grow up godly men and women that are on fire for Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Word of God, that they know that no matter what they face, no matter where they go, what is happening, they're not going to back off. They're not going to back down. They're not going to retreat. We don't, I won't even allow retreat in, our, in, our, in, in, in the language or the terminology of our church. Church. It's like we used to have men's retreat. I said, get that out. It's a men's advance. <laughs> we, we, we're not, no, no, sir. We don't allow retreat. 
It's, 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 it's not in there. See what happens when you live around a fort? You know, it, it makes a difference. So, so when we look at Joshua, think about this. When you look at your pastor, what does God look for? And this is where I want to tell you what you have and what God is placing here. Because this young man, this son, and his wife and family, um, tremendously faithful for 15 years. That speaks volumes to me. Because when so many of his peers were out looking to get positions and places, and, and he was even offered positions and places in different parts of the United States, he knew because he's a man of prayer. He and his wife, both, they pray. They've learned that um, from my wife and I and from the church. Uh, but they pray. And each time it was God was, that's not it, that's not it, that's not it. So for 15 years, he labored faithfully. What does God look for? What does God look for when he looked for Joshua? What did God look for when he looked for David? What did God look for in, the, in, in, on, in every single one of us? The number one characteristic is faithfulness. Are we going to be faithful to what God has given to us to steward? Because we're owners of nothing. We're stewards of everything, though. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And how are we going to steward that? How are we going to be faithful? And the faithfulness of it has to do with the faithfulness of the kingdom of God. It doesn't have to do with the, the, the you know, here in this world thing, this world situation. Everything that I have is to help and to influence people for the kingdom of God. Everything that I have. Yes, God takes care of us. God wants us to give us this day our daily bread. He cares about everything. He cares about our food, our clothes. He cares about everything that we have, every need that we have. He does that. He cares about if you have a business. He cares about the businesses and all that. He cares about every single thing. God delights in the prosperity of His servant. He wants us to prosper. If we don't prosper, how can you help somebody? How can you help a single mother? We've done this so many times. How can you help a single mother who goes up to check out... At the, at the grocery store, and all of a sudden they ring it up, and she looks and she says, I, I'm sorry, I, I've got to take some of this stuff back. And we're standing behind her and walk up to her and say, no, ma'am, you're not going to take that back. We're going to take care of that. That's what God wants. That, that's the reason God wants to bless you. That's the reason God... It's, it's not about us. It's, it's about when we come into situations... That God wants us to be blessed. But it's faithfulness. The, the, the Bible says in Luke, the 16th chapter, he says, Who is he who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in what is much. He who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in what is much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit your trust to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful, listen to this scripture, verse 12. If you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Faithfulness. What is the one thing that we're going to hear when we get to heaven? Well done what? Good and what? Faithful servant. That's what God is looking for in faithfulness. I, I, Paul, when he was talking to Timothy, he, he said this. And I, in 1 Timothy 1, verse 12 and 13, he said, I thank 
Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I attained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Every single one of us that received the mercy of God is because we were out there blinded, doing ignorant things, and then all of a sudden God opens our eyes to the truth. We find out about Jesus. We get saved. But thank God for the mercy of God. But here's the key. Who puts people in the ministry? So many people today want to run down to Speedy Print and get their own cards. I'm in the ministry. I'm in the ministry. I'm in the ministry. You know, no, no, no. You, God puts us into ministry. He calls us. And then he calls us into a ministry. He calls us to be somewhere, to be planted somewhere. Because those who are planted in the church of the Lord, uh, they shall flourish. The Bible says that God places the members in the body as it pleases him. Not as it pleases us but as it pleases Him. And so God, because He owns every single one of us, because we are in one body, heaven is not departmentalized. There are no denominations in heaven. There's no religions in heaven. Not at all. it's, It's all believers. Every tongue, tribe, and nation is there. That's the reason when when Tave and I, uh, we've always looked at that scripture. And when we went to Fedville... Uh, there were no integrated churches at that time that was that was there. And um, many of you may not know this, but Fedville is actually a place uh, located on the Cape Fear River. And this is where many of the boats would come down the Cape Fear River that had slaves on it that brought them uh, from Africa over to uh, America. They would come up the Cape Fear River, and Fedville was the place that they took them off the boats, and then took, took, to, uh, took, took the people all over the United States and sold them right there. So when you come into a city like that and say, God, give us a church that looks like heaven, that's great for us to ask that. We had no idea what was going to happen for the next three years, what we would go through and what would take place, because God answered that prayer from the very day that we prayed it. One of our precious members, uh, Carolyn, is right back there. Come on, Carolyn, stand up. Let everybody, let everybody see you. One of our first members of the church. And, um, and, and she can tell you a lot of things that took place in the neighborhoods and other places. But you know what God said? God said, don't look at this like the Red Sea. Keep right on trucking. I will bless you. And today we're the largest integrated church Every race of person coming to church there, um, there in the city, God has answered that prayer. When international students come uh, into our church, they look and they see every race of person loving, caring one another, fellowshipping with one another, and they're like, whoa, this is incredible. And it's a testimony. Why? Because the world will know your love, you're my disciples because your love for one another. It's easy for me to love you if you look like me, act like me, dress like me, talk like me, you know, and nobody in here talks like me. <laughs> Y'all are probably trying to say we, we need to, an interpreter. Um, so, but, it, but, but it's, the love, it's the love of God, and we prayed for that, and, this, and that's what God has done in, in, in our midst. 
and, and, and people are seeing this, and people all over the nation, they, they look at this and say, wow, even our city, our city looked at this and said, can you come teach us how that the races can get along with one another? And I said to them, the only way I can teach it is if you allow me to say Jesus. And they said, we can't do that. And I said, well, I, I'm not going to go in there and take credit for it. It's not me. It's Jesus. Without Jesus, you can't have this. But with Jesus, you can have exactly what you're seeing right here in this church. You know, but they wouldn't go along with that. And they said, well, you can say God. I said, no, I've got to say Jesus. And, and, and so anyway, that, that didn't come off. But anyway, faithfulness. You're getting a family and you're getting a young man that has been tremendously faithful. Tremendously faithful. He has served unselfishly. He has served. He has paid his dues. Uh, he has worked tirelessly. Uh, he, God blessed him with one of the most incredible uh, youth ministries uh, in, the, in the whole city, in the whole county. Kids that are on fire. Kids that are not going off to college and falling off left and right. Kids that are still on fire for God. Kids that, that go through college, graduate college, and still on fire for God. But everything that I have ever asked him to do, he has done faithfully. Some of the things he may not, he may have to wrestle with in his heart, which we all do at times. But he made a decision, this is what I'm supposed to do, faithful. Here's what God loves more than anything else. Not only does he love a faithful pastor, but he loves a faithful congregation. Because you are all one together. And it's not just a pastor doing everything. It is a pastor ministering, teaching, and releasing you into body ministry into ministry, ministry in the marketplace, ministry everywhere, ministry wherever we go, whatever we do. See, God sees you not just as, okay, here's the pastor and then here's the church. God sees you as one, all together. And, and, and that's what Ephesians, the fourth chapter, is all about. It's about ministering together. It's about moving into the places that God would have you to go into. It is about prayer, intercessory prayer. It is about believing God for the lost it is about being faithful with what God has given you. And, 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 and listen, when it comes to ministry, change is inevitable. No matter what. God never changes, but the way we do things and present the Word to the culture may change. That's the reason you have a screen up. Why? Because we have a visual culture today. When you go into young people, you talk about everybody is doing what? you got phones, you got iPads. I mean, my son is able to FaceTime. My son that's on the mission field who is, it, it was mentored by Pastor Quentin. Uh, and he, and he, he's on full-time mission field with his wife. Uh, because of technology, he was able to, to FaceTime in with us today to watch this whole service take place because he loves his pastor. He, he loves the man who... Who, and he loves his dad too. So, but 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 he but he loves him, and he was so excited about being here because of technology. The word never changes, but the way we the way we present the word, the 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 the, the last words of a dying church is this: We've never done it like that before. 
what we've got to do is we've got to we've got to think, hey, the world's thinking all the time. They're getting their disciples. We've got to be smart. Jesus said, be wise as serpents, harmless as does. We've got to be smart in how we present the things that we do. But like I said, the word is sacred. It, ne- it never changes. Number two, faithfulness, number one. Number two, a fanatical worshiper. Now, when we think about that, you know what we think about? We think somebody crazy. We're going to swing from the rafters and do things like that. But sometimes we hear words and we think about what that word means. But the word actually means fanatical is this. It means uncritical enthusiasm, zeal, and passion. And did you know the word enthusiasm? Do you know the root word of enthusiasm is entheos? You know what entheos means? Many of you scholars, you know, engodded. In God. God is enthusiastic. The Bible even says God dances. You know, I was loving to see our sister up here. Just all of a sudden, she just, man, she just started dancing, you know, like that. And I was saying, yes, I'm at home. This is great. You know, and, 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 and to watch. And, and, and you know what? The value of your worship, the value of your worship will go as high as the value of of understanding what Jesus has done for you in your life. When you understand the value of what He's done for you, the value, the price He paid so that we could be saved, I have, I don't, people, it, just, it, they, I do, it doesn't bother me to dance before the Lord. David, this is one of the mightiest warriors there is, but the man was a worshiper. He was a poet. And don't think just because he was a poet and he wrote psalms and he was a worshiper and he played his harp and things of that nature that he was some type of, you know, not all man. Okay? Because he would play his harp and sit and sing songs, but he would cut the head off of an enemy in a flat second. If you, you didn't mess with David. You, you didn't mess with him. He'd take you out in a second, okay? But he was a worshiper. He was a worshiper. And the one thing that God, that Jesus, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, it, it, he said, God is looking for those who worship in, in spirit and truth. You know, we, we don't come to church just for a song service. The, the worship is not just a prelude up to the preaching and the teaching and the Word and just something we do uh, routinely. I've got to come in here and I've got to look and say, God, I have come to worship you. I have an audience of one. And that is my God. And I thank my God for what He's done for me. I thank, hey, I'm standing in here. You know, there's no telling how many times the enemy tried to take you out this week. There's no telling what you were protected from that you don't even know that you were protected from that God did this week. I'm in here worshiping and thanking, thank God I'm in here again. I'm worshiping God. I'm praising Him and I'm thanking Him for what I've come out of. And I'm thanking Him and praising Him for where I'm going the next week and what He's going to do. And He's going to take care of me. Amen? I mean, when, 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 listen, when, when I first came into a church like this where people were worshiping and raising their hands and, and I came out of a, just a strict denominational church, I was the first thing I was like, whoa, whoa, what is this? You know, and I, I, I looked at it because sometimes, you know, we, 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 sometimes we become so narrow-minded that we forget that the Bible says, here's what the Bible says, the Bible says praise with understanding. Sometimes we forget 
what the Bible says about praise. Sometimes I grew up in a church where everybody, you, nobody, if you clapped right then, the deacons would take you out. You don't say amen. You don't do anything. You just, everybody has to be quiet. The choir would wax eloquent, sing a, a cantata, and you would just be there, and you'd want everything. There's something inside of you stirring. You'd want to clap. You'd want to do something, but everybody just sit there. I remember asking my dad, I said, Dad, why, why, why can we go to a concert that's not Christian and we can clap and cheer? But when we come into church and God's done so many great things for us that we have to be silent. And, and he looked at me and he said, I don't know. I don't like it either. And I, I said, well, you're a deacon. Why don't you change that? He said, there's a lot of deacons in this church. So, so anyway, um, enthusiastic. The Bible says David danced before the Lord. The Bible talks about in the book of Psalms. It talks about shouting, clapping, raising hands. You know, every, yes, the Bible even says that we do things in decency and order. You don't do, I mean, we don't do crazy, idiotic, fleshly things. But he says, you worship me in spirit and in truth. That means that I'm being prompted not only by the Holy Spirit to give my all and give my worship to God, to get on my face if I have to before God, and, and, and there's many times that my wife and I both, I have no problem. I have no problem. I, I was a college athlete, okay? I, I, I have no problem getting on my knees and people seeing me. I have no problem at times in worship where the Spirit of God is so precious that I'll just start weeping. I'll just start weeping, you know? And so I... And don't ask me when I went to college. It's way back. It's too far back. So any, anyway, I, I, I love worship. One of the things that changed my life is when I went into a church that there was worship of God. It changed my life. I went back to my church after going to a church like this and went back to my church. And I'm like, something is wrong. Something is missing. I went back to that other church and all of a sudden I heard... The, the, again, people raising their hands. I saw joy. I saw life. I went back to my church. And I sit there and I said, something is terribly wrong with this. And then I read, and then I read the passage of Scripture where Jesus said, your tradition has made the Word of God of none effect. But you can also have a church on the other side that is so fleshly. It's just flesh. And that's not what God is looking for. God's looking for a church that... that that loves to worship in spirit and truth. This is a family. This is a you have a pastor that worships. He comes in for worship. You have a pastor who loves worship. You have a pastor who spends time in the presence of God, worshiping God and walking in that. You have a pastor that fills his car, they fill their car with praise and worship music. As they're going and they're praying. So not only do you have a young man that has been faithful in another man's vineyard for 15 years and has faithfully served, faithfully given his life, faithfully done everything that, that, uh, that, he, was asked, uh, that he was asked to do. But you have, you have a family that, that is, uh, you have a family that worships. You have a worshiping family. And you have a worshiping pastor. He loves worship. Ladies, he loves 
worship. Men, he loves worship. I was standing over there listening to my brother behind me. Tell me your name again. Roger. Roger. I was sitting there listening to Roger sing behind me. And I'm sitting there going, I was worshiping God. And I was wondering, why isn't Roger up here? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I said, I said, I said, man, Roger's got a voice. Roger can sing. But you know what? None of us in this place think we can sing. Okay? But many of you have got giftings and talents. You say, well, we don't have enough room. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, there's coming a time you're going to blow this wall out. You're, you're going to blow this wall out and you're going to make room for an incredible worship. You've got an incredible worship team. But you're going to make, you're going to make room for more people because there's going to be young people coming in here in this ministry. You know, I, I'm seeing a, an array of young people that are, that, that are in here right now. You know, we were, we were talking this morning. Uh, we got to meet the, the, the chef at, um, at uh, Whitehall, Pig and Point. We got to meet him. And, and we started talking to him. And he said, hey, that's my church. You're going to be in my church. And I, and, and, and I said, yes. And he was so excited. He said, I love that church. You know, and so excited. So I want to tell you. You are on the verge. You are getting ready to see a major breakthrough. You're getting ready to see something that God is getting ready to do right here in this, in, uh, in, inside uh, uh, of, of, this, uh, of this region. And the thing that I love is that in, in hiring a, a young man, in hiring a young pastor, because how many of you know that the anointing and maturity in the Lord has nothing to do with age? Right? It has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with spiritual maturity and the Word of God. And let me finish this up. Num- number three, I put forever an intercessor. Let me, just, let me also say this. You have got a young man that knows how to intercede. You've got a pastor that knows how to pray. You've got a pastor that you can count on that's praying over you on a daily basis. But you also, here's one thing you have, and this is, this is another thing that he has learned. When he first came to Covenant Love, and he preached and preached and preached, and he was really looking forward to seeing some results, and was not seeing a whole lot of results at that time, and he came to me and he said, Pastor, he said, what do I need to do? And I said, the way this city is, the way you see things, you're going to have to get in and you're going to have to plow before you plant the seed. I said, you're going to have to get into intercessory prayer. You're going to have to cry out to God. You're going to have to ask Him to give you the lost. You're going to have to ask Him to move in your services. And as you plant, this, as you sow the Word of God, you plow, you pray, you plow. And I said, God will show up. He will manifest Himself and you'll see lives change. You'll see students getting saved. You'll see lives beginning to change. He got his team. He organized intercessory prayer. They started praying. They started interceding. And, I, and, and it, nothing happens overnight. But as they pray and as they were faithful to intercede and worship, all of a sudden that place began to fill up. It began to fill up. And over the years, it's filled up to the place that we had to, we had to kick out the, the, uh, some of the petitions and walls and stuff that we had to make more room for more youth coming in. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to see that right here. You're going to see it here. You're going to see it here. And the, and the, reason, the reason you're going to see it here is because you have a praying pastor. But you know what a praying pastor is going to do? One that has a heart for the community. One that has a heart to see people get saved. Desires to see lives change. He's going to challenge you to be intercessors. Because so many people say, well, I'm not called to be an intercessor. Where in the Bible does it say that intercessory is called as a ministry? My Bible tells me every believer, every believer is to be an intercessor. Every person. Ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you something. I believe that we're living right in the last days. I believe that with all my heart. And, and to be, to, to, to understand that the Bible says that in the last days it's going to be like the days of Noah. Have you ever read that over in Genesis? Wow. That could be really scary in, in, in when you read that. But here's what I look at. Every single one of you could have been born at any moment, at any time in your family tree. God could have had you at any generation, at any point or any time. And I look at the, what I'm seeing, the faces in this congregation right now. God, I believe that God saved and raised up and had born in this generation the ones that were going to be facing the toughest times because you're going to be the toughest and you are the toughest. And God, God has you for this particular period of time because there's a lot of darkness out there. But darkness does not have power over the light. When, 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 when you come into a room, you don't turn the darkness off. You turn the lights on. And when you turn the lights on, darkness has to give way to the light. And, and I'm telling you right now, we are not a weak generation. We are not a weak church. The Bible says that Jesus said, I give you the keys to the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. We're not backing up. We're not giving in to the darkness. We're not going to sit around and, and, and wring our hands and, and walk up and down and say, what are we going to do? And look what the government's doing and all this. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We still have the power of prayer. We can still see things change. God said, if I could find one man to stand in the gap in intercession, he said, I would withhold judgment upon a nation. Just one. Just one. I'm not doom and gloom on America. I, yeah, I don't like what I'm seeing that's going on, but I, but I believe that God is now calling the, His church. He's always called His church, but He wants intercessors to be raised up. He wants people that will stand up for what is right and speak. He wants to see people that's got backbone. He, 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 you know, he wants to see people that will stand for righteousness and stand for holiness and stand for godliness. He wants to see that. And, and, and that's what He's raising up. That's what He's doing. And, 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 and there's power there. And I'm telling you, you can change the atmosphere in this city. You can change the atmosphere in the whole uh, mid-coast region just by your prayers. Not only by your prayers, but by your worship. You know, God chose worship. What kind of military strategy is this? Send out the choir. <laughs> I mean, if, if we said that at Fort Bragg, the generals would say, you've got to be kidding me. You're off your rocker. You're out of here. Get this kook off the fort. He's out of here. God says, God says, send out the choir. Let them praise me and worship me. And the Bible says when the worship started, 
When worship started, God set ambushes. Did you know this morning when your worship started, because it's heartfelt worship, do you know that God began to set ambushes against the enemy, whatever the enemy has planned for Rockport or Candom or the surrounding areas, whatever he's planned, God will set ambushes as you begin to worship. Do you know what the enemy sometimes plans for you and and he's got a grip and trying to do things in your life? And when you come in here and worship unreservedly, you just worship God with all your heart, God will set ambushes against the enemy. He knows that. That's the reason he doesn't want you to worship. That's the reason he doesn't want you to pray. You know, he wants you to just come in and have a church service and everybody go their way, do, do the thing. No, no, no. When you rally and when you come together as one and you come together and say, we've got a mission, we've got a vision, we've got a mission. And bless God, when I get to heaven, I'm going to hear Jesus saying, I'm so proud of you. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. And I just believe that for every single one of you in this, in this church. I know that you've been through some things and, and you've been through some tough times. But don't live in your history. God wants you to move in destiny. And the, and the last thing I want to bring is, is, is this. It, it is, is that Joshua, the first mention of Joshua in the Bible, he was a fighter. He went out to fight. Moses said, I'm going to position myself here. Joshua Choose you some men and go out and fight. Well, I'm going to tell you, your pastor is going to be choosing some people to go with him to fight against the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness. And you, listen, that's the reason that, that uh, Joshua was, will say this. God said, be strong and be courageous. He said that actually three times to him. And then he came back one time and he says, he says, the last time he says, did I not say to you, be strong and courageous? You know the reason he said that like that, especially if you study it out in the, in the Hebrew? He said that because Joshua was questioning himself. He's, he's following Moses. Hello. <laughs> and he said, he said, have I not told you to be strong and courageous? As I was with Moses... So I will be with you. He didn't say you're going to do the same thing Moses did. Because Joshua didn't do the same thing Moses did. Because you, you can't put a leader in a box. You can't go by what has taken place and what's, or who you've looked to in the past or whatever. You can't go by that because God is going to do something new. The refreshing. The rain of the Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit. You're getting ready to come into a very refreshing season. You're getting ready to come into a very exciting time. You're getting ready to come into a time that you are going to see the fruit that many of you have labored and you have prayed. You're getting ready to see the fruit of that. You're getting ready to see things come to pass that you have believed for, you have worked for, you have sown for to do it. You're getting ready to see that coming to pass because God is, 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 is he's, he's taking the mantle and he's putting, and he's putting on this young man and he's putting there and he sent him right here to Rockport. And I am excited. Because what I'm seeing right here, I'm seeing a hunger for the Word. I'm seeing worshipers. I'm seeing people that say, lead us, show us where to go, what to do. We're behind you. We're going to do this. This is exactly what the people said with Joshua. Because God had chosen him. God chose him. And I'm telling you, God has chosen this young man. He's not here by accident. 
He's, he's, he's not here just because, okay, this, this is a great place. It's beautiful. It's lovely. It's, man, look how beautiful everything is. He's here because he's here on assignment. For two years, he and his wife sought God, knowing, and, and my wife and I knowing, okay, God, where do, where do you want us? Because the, the grace at that time was lifting at the position he was at, and the reason it was lifting was because God was getting to transition. God was getting ready to move him. All through the Bible, what do you find? You find Paul saying, fight, Timothy, fight a good warfare. Fight the good fight of faith. Be like a soldier. Be like a warrior. Don't sit around and be scared of what you're seeing. Put on the whole armor of God. For you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And they're there. And they are manifesting themselves like never before. And I believe in these last days that God is raising up a people in Maine, in, in, in northern Maine, and right here in the mid-coast section, and in North Carolina, and all the different states, there is a remnant. God has always had a remnant. God has always had a people that will rise up to the occasion and will not be afraid and not, will not be intimidated and say, listen, we see what you're doing, but praise God, we're going to pray. We're going to believe. And you know the greatest evangelistic outreach that you can have? I mean, we want to go out in the city and we want to do things. We do that as our church. But here's what I learned a long time ago. God taught this to me. I said, Lord, what do we need to do? We need to go knock on doors. or what do we, We'll do anything. Just show us what to do. And he said, first of all, son, he said, I've given you the greatest evangelistic outreach that will produce fruit. He said, it's in Psalms, the second chapter. And I went over the Psalms, the second chapter, and I began to read. And right at the very end, it's Jesus' coronation day. God is installing him as a king. And he said, he said this, Ask of me, and I will give you the loss for your inheritance. And the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. Ask of me. I will give you the lost. I will give you the heathenness of the way it's said. But it's the lost. Those who don't know. We started intercessory prayer and we started praying and we started believing. Ours is on Saturday night. And we started believing and praying from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. And we said, God, we cry out, God, give us a loss. Give us a loss. Lord, give us a loss. Give us a loss, Lord. Move through this city and convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Draw people to come to us, Lord God. Draw the old and the middle-aged and the, and the young and the families and the individuals. Draw them, Lord. We prayed for three months. Three months crying out, crying out. That was in 1992 that we started that. At the end of three months, we saw one person get saved. At the end of four months, we saw another person get saved. At the end of five months, we saw two to three people get saved. At the end of six months, we saw another person get saved. Let me make, it, make a long story short. Since 1992 up to this point, there has not been a Sunday where we have not seen people saved. You know why? And, 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 and here's the craziest thing. He, Pastor Quentin and Pastor Brian can tell you this. People would show up and have no idea how they even got there. I'm, I am not kidding you. People would show up from everywhere. Every race of person would show up. And the altars would start being full. 
and we say, how did you find out about the church? Uh, somebody told me. Who was it? Told? I don't know. Somebody just walked up to me and told me about the church. And it was a time when I was really seeking God and I really needed to know something, you know. Uh, so it, intercessory prayer in this day and time, this is how we continue to move forward. We can't, we can't be murmuring and complaining there's no time for that. Jesus could come back at any moment, at any time. Tave and I, was, we were at a restaurant, and this young lady is waiting on us. She comes up to us, and she says, she said, as we're talking, and, and, and she started talking about something about church, and, and, and the next thing we know, she's looking at us, and she said, I hadn't been to church in a long time. But she said, I've got to get back. She said, I just know in here, I've got to get back to church. She said, when I look around me and what's all happening in the world right now, I've got to get back to church. I've got to get in church. I know that. People are not dumb. They're seeing what's happening out here. They're, find, they're, they're searching for safety. They, they want stability. They're looking for truth and real. And it is ringing out all over the United States. And people that I'm talking to, and even unbelievers that I talk to, and they say, uh, uh, we kind of see everything that's going on right now. Can, can, um, what, what, what do you know about this, uh, about this thing about Jesus coming back? This is unbelievers. It's out there. The more you intercede, the more you pray, the more Holy, the Holy Spirit is going to draw people. What is this all about in Rockport? What is the one thing that you see over and over again that we just read? It is this. God says, I'm giving you the land. I'm giving you an inheritance. Ladies and gentlemen, this whole warfare and everything that we're looking at, it's all about territory. Remember when Daniel prayed and the prince of the power of Persia? Stop the angel from coming for 21 days to give the answer. When you're praying and you don't see an immediate answer, it's because spiritual warfare is going on. Don't give up on your, don't give up on your prayers. Don't give up thinking that God's not going to answer your prayers. Spiritual warfare is going on. When we, when we, we, we look in the Bible, think about this. When Jesus went over, when Jesus said, let's go to the other side, and remember there was a storm that came, and where was he going? There was a man in the tombs. That he was going to deliver and set free. So the enemy tried to stop him. The storm came. Tried to, to hinder him from getting to the other side. But he used, his, he used the, the, the authority that God had given him to get to the other side. To go where he's going. And I just want to say this to you real, real quick. Sometimes you should be speaking, when, uh, you should be speaking in, instead of praying. Sometimes you want to pray and we want to pray. But remember what Jesus said? Jesus spoke to the storm. Sometimes we're praying when we should be speaking. Jesus didn't call a prayer meeting. He rose up and took His authority and spoke to the wind and the waves because if not, it was going to take them out. Some things you've got to speak to. Some things you've got to declare. Some things you've got to address uh, in, 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 the spirit, in the spirit realm. So what does, Jesus goes over the other side and, and the man that terrorized the whole community came and fell down on his feet. And Jesus set him free, but he first he asked him this. He says, what is your name? And, they, and the demons inside said, Legion. We're Legion. There's many of us. Now, now, now listen to the next statement because you will miss this. 
if you're not very careful. The demon said to him, don't cast us out of the territory. Don't make us leave the territory. It was all about their territorial rights. Because the devil is the little g God of this world. He has set up over regions, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. Where do you think in your own life that some of this garbage that comes into your mind comes from? The Bible says it's the fiery darts of the wicked one. There are principalities and powers and rulers of darkness that are set up over the whole mid-coast region in, in areas and territories. And, and that's when you come in and you start, you start praying and you start interceding. You will see those demonic spirits. They're already defeated, but you will exercise that defeat through your intercessory, through your intercessory prayer. And as you, as, you continue, as, you, as you continue to do that, as you continue to move forward, the Bible says in Matthew eleven twelve, and the and from the time of John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and the violent people are attacking it. So this is your mission, CLFC, if you choose to accept it. But this is called Mission Possible. Amen? It's not Mission Impossible. This is called Mission Possible. What is it? The commission, Mark the 16th chapter. Go into all the world. Right now, that means go into Rockport. Go into Candom. Go into the... This is your Jerusalem. This is where God has placed you. This does not belong to the devil. It does not belong to the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness. But I will say this, once you come together in unity and harmony and you set your mind that you're going to see the the advancement of the kingdom of God in this area, in this territory, you better have on the armor of God. But if you want to see people's lives change, if you want to see them snatched out of the the darkness and you want to see lives and young people and, and you want to see a great influence that takes place, God has given you this land. This land does not belong to the devil. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. This land, this territory belongs to the kingdom of God. Does not believe. It's been given to you. God is the one who put you here. You're not here by accident. God's put you here. He's put you in this city. Because there are people that are crying. He's hearing the cries of people. He's seeing the emptiness. He's seeing the drugs. He's seeing the alcohol. He's seeing all of it. He's seeing the emptiness. He sees all of this. And when, and when Moses showed up, he said, Moses, I, I hear the cries. I, I see all of this. And Moses could say, yes, God, go get them. Yeah, like that. And then God said, but I'm sending you. And that's what God says. God says, I'm sending you. That's the reason he said, go into all the world. What did he say? He said, lay hands on the sick. He said, prophesy. Speak the word of God. Declare who you are. And this is amazing because I, I, I see so many people miss this. Listen to, listen to this scripture. Paul said, To me who am, le- who is le- am less, less than the least of the saints, this grace was given me that I should preach among the Gentiles 
the unsearchable, unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery from the beginning of the ages that was hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus. Listen to this. Celebration life. Listen to this. To the intent that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is your purpose. You are to declare the eternal purpose of God to the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness. That's what we're doing at, at, in, in Fedville. That's what now that, that we've been blessed that we now are able to do at Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg has never had revival. Ever in the history of Fort Bragg, it's never had revival. But it's getting ready to have revival. Camden, Rockport, the Midcoast is getting ready to have revival. And revival is not only coming here, but because Pastor Mark, Pastor Claudette have poured their hearts and stepped in in obedience to God, and, and their congregation allowed them to come in here and, and, and poured into y'all and, step, and, and stepped in there. The very thing that God has for not only this region, but the region up there also, is you're going to see it break out. There are going to be revival fires, like in Isaiah, the fifth chapter. You're going to see the fire of God. You're going to see the move of the Holy Spirit. You're going to see what God will do when you come into unity and harmony. And God has sent you a person that will, a pastor that will lead you and, and a pastor that loves God with all of his heart. A pastor that loves his wife. A pastor that he and his wife are in unity and harmony. A pastor that loves you. A pastor that's excited about what God is getting ready to do. And he is ready and he is, he has been trained and he has been prepared by God to Stand up and lead you to see that you will go into a conquering mode. You will go into an advancing uh, 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 movement. You will move forward and you will do great and wonderful things and exploits in the name of God. You will do that. You're going to do that. You're going to see it happen. So so I, I want you to understand that as you begin to pray you begin to worship as everybody gets involved. Here's what you got to do. Because here's what he's going to challenge everybody to do. You have got to prepare in this church for the harvest that God desires to send. That means from the children's church, from the youth, in every single area. This is a day and a time that is all hands on deck. It's all hands on deck. It's not just relaxing and saying, okay, we're coming to church. It's, it's everybody saying, okay, what, do you, what, what can I do? Every, everybody in here, no matter how old you are, you have gifts and talents. You have abilities. You, you have something that God can say, okay, you can look at things and say, I can do it. And you don't have to wait for somebody to come and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, I need you. To. It is time for us to say, what can I do? What can I do? If you've got a gifting playing the drums, boom. You're in there doing it. If you've got a gifting singing, Roger. <laughs> what, 
whatever, whatever it is. But look where you are. I, 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 see, I see some of these young guys back here, and, I, and I'm, I'm thinking about how many young folks are out there that need to see some on-fire Christian young men that are excited about Jesus. What can, you, what, what can you be involved in? What can you start? What can you do? It's just, it's, it's just listen, you're on, you're on the verge right now, and, and this is what God was telling you, you're on the verge of crossing over. Yeah, you've had some things happen in the past. So did the children of Israel. And it's all through the Bible. But it's time to look this way. It's time. Here we go. We're moving into destiny. And when you get into unity and harmony and you start saying the same thing and get excited about it, your excitement is going to be infectious. And it's amazing. What could the body of Christ and what could a church accomplish if nobody wanted the credit? But all the glory was given to Jesus. And I just look and say, this is where God's placed me. This is, this is, where, I'm, this is where I'm supposed to be. Can you say Amen. So, the Bible says this. Pastor Quentin, would you come up here, please? Pastor Mark, would you, Claudette... I would like for the board to come up, please, if they would. Pastor Brian and Leah, would you please come up? Where's she at? Where, uh, Jen? Yes. Look at this bow tie. <laughs> you shouldn't wear a bow tie bigger than your head. Caden. <laughs> Michaela. Come up, sweetheart. Amen. Jude, there's no telling where Jude's at. So. Okay. Pastor Quentin. Same thing the Lord said to to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you should divide as an inheritance the land which the Lord has sworn to given to this area. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do everything in God's word. Do not turn from it from the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. And never let the word of God depart out of your mouth. Deposit it in your heart constantly. Meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do all those according to written. And then you will make not only your way, but the whole church will prosper and have good success. And then in Numbers, the 27th chapter, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun." With you, a man in whom is the Spirit, lay your hand on him, set him before Ezazar the priest, and before all the congregation, 
and inaugurate him in their sight. And you shall give your authority to him that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. And so today, as a father, I invoke upon you the blessing of God. I invoke upon you the blessings and the authority and the same authority, the same spirit that God has put within me and what you have seen at Covenant Love. That's You're going to operate in that same, not, not the same way we do things. Things will be different. But at the same time, the same authority, the same Holy Spirit that God has been, put within you to lead this congregation and to see this congregation grow. And I do know this. It's not going to be long before. It was not just going to be one service. But eventually you'll have to go to two services. And eventually maybe three services and some other, some other things. But you're going to begin to see as God, God is raising, God's going to raise up people that will pray and intercede in here. And to, as you lead them and guide them, direct them by the Spirit of God, you're going to see some wonderful, incredible things begin to take place and happen. Amen. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to lay hands on him. And I am giving him over to you. Take care of them. They're very precious to us. Amen. Also, one thing I would ask you, respect their time. You know, sometimes people think the pastor is supposed to do everything in the church. The pastor, it's okay. They got, they, <laughs> see, see, he doesn't have to run back there and take care of that. The, the pastor, you know, in the book of Acts where it says, the, the apostle said we must give ourselves to prayer and the word of God. It's very important that he take time and have time for the prayer and the Word of God. It's very important, according to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, that, uh, that he will look for many of you to be released into the work of the ministry to do things here at the church. Um, you want a fresh word every morning. You want him to come in fired up, ready to go, leading you, guiding and directing you. So understand that. Understand that that he has a family also. So that means that don't be calling every every second, every moment, all the time. Because he's going to be here and work hours and stuff like that. You'll be it. But let him minister to his family at night. If there's an emergency, he's going to be there. But let him minister. You don't want these kids growing up mad because he gives everything to everybody else. But has nothing left over to give to his wife or his family. And so that is, that's extremely important. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. Honey, would you come up with me, please? Would you? Yeah, yeah, let's go down. Let's, let's, let's go down there. Everybody, would you come and would you all stretch your hands out to him? Let's lay hands on him. Everybody, please. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come at what you showed me is a major turning point um, in this ministry. And I thank you, Father God, that this is moving into destiny. It's advancing the kingdom of God. And Father, today we lay hands and as a congregation stretches their hands toward 
Pastor Quentin and his family. We lay hands on, on him. Father, I invoke a father's blessing. My blessing. I bless him in the name of Jesus Christ. He is a son that I am very, very pleased with. I'm very proud of. And Father, we now install him into this church. We release him from covenant love. And now, Father God, we put him in as senior pastor of Celebration Family Church. And Father God, I pray right now your anointing that will increase in his life. I pray that you will increase his wisdom. I pray that you would lead him, guide him, and direct him on every step, everything he needs to do. I pray that you would watch over he and his family. You would protect him and keep him safe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I declare that no weapon formed against he or his family or this church can prosper in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, let this be a lighthouse in the mid-coast region in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the light of your glory, let the light of your glory, the light of your presence be known. Let this be a church known for the presence of your spirit, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would prosper this church, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father God, that you will take it into another realm of the dimension that you have for it, of your eternal purpose. I pray that they will go to another level of faith, another level of glory. And I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that they will not fear their adversaries, but, Lord, that the Spirit of God would move forth in this, in these cities and in the surrounding areas, and the Holy Spirit will convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will bring people from the north, the south, the east, and the west in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that just like you did with David and just like you did with Joshua, I pray that you would raise up just like Jesus you did with your disciples. I pray that there will not be just 12, but there will be 70 times 70. Lord, that you will prosper, you will double, you will triple, you will quadruple the number of disciples, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that we pray for the harvest. We pray for the harvest and we pray for laborers in the harvest field in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for the leaders that are already in this church and I thank you for the leaders that will be raised up and I thank you for the leaders that are coming. I thank you Father God for the men and women and families and singles and those that are coming to this church in the name of Jesus. Father we ask that the Holy Spirit will go uh, uh, round them up and bring them in and we call them to come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We declare right now in Jesus name that the light of the gospel, the word of God will grow mightily and it will prevail in this region in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Father we bless him and we bless his family in Jesus name Father God. Let the leadership let the leadership the anointing of the leadership of this church let it come upon him now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Father and I thank you for it and I praise you for it and Father I also take the time right now to pray for pastors uh, Mark and Claudette. Thank you for their service. Thank you for what they have done. Now, Lord, I pray a special blessing, a tremendous blessing upon them. And I pray, Father God, that what you put in my heart this morning while I was praying, that you're going to even surprise them. You're going to surprise them. Concerning when they get back, they get back, you're going to surprise them. And what, what seed they have sown, what they have done, and, Father, what they have sacrificed to, to, to listen to your voice, that, Father, there's going to be a great surprise that is going to take place that, is, that literally will overwhelm them in what they're getting ready to see and what's getting ready to happen. And I thank you for it, Father. And, Lord, I thank you for this board. 
I pray that you would give them wisdom and knowledge and understanding. I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name for a new freshness of the anointing of your spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for unity of vision in this church, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you for the freshness of a fresh anointing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. 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 If someone could just take the children just for a bit. I want the wives, the wives all here, uh, stand with your husbands. I want them to stand behind, stand behind uh, the men and, and women of the house. So I just want to say a lot that you shared was in my notes. <laughs> so I want people to know that I'm just not being a repeat that God had actually spoken to me uh, about this. But I want to speak to your future, is what I want to speak on. There is a spiritual authority that is going to come on the both of you. Okay, so you're here now. Over here is where you're going to walk to. So it's going to be a process. It's not happened today, but it's a process that you're going to walk through. There's a spiritual authority that is going to come to the both of you for this region. Okay, so I want, you're a pastor now, but in the future, and it won't take as long as what you think, you are going to become spiritual authorities over a region. Now, I know that you've mentioned that, but you first have to become a pastor to the community is where you start off. You start off being a pastor here. People see, people watch, but eventually it's going to shift into an authority over a region. And as a church, you're going to see the difference. You're going to have a pastor for a season, but you're going to notice the shift that's going to happen in the both of them. Your vision for the beginning will be locally. You'll, you'll start with programs. You'll do things for the community. But in, in this process, it's going to eventually shift to a region. Your vision is going to become bigger. It's going to become larger. It's going to become uh, very different than just pastoring a region. Uh, I mean, a church. Uh, pastoring a region is very different because your vision just enlarged. And so I want to pray that for you, the both of you. You agree with that? You comfortable with that? Okay. So he, because you have an. Uh, a father here, a, uh, a natural mom and dad, because they've raised you. Now, we have been called to the apostolic to father this state, this region. This region for us has started, like I've shared, our community. It's gone to our county. But now we have, we feel, an apostolic calling over the state. So as an apostolic father over the state of Maine, we are going to lay hands on you as spiritual authority over the state of Maine, over this region, over New England. You know, like right now we're still with the state of Maine, but our apostolic call is going to be uh, for the New England region. It hasn't gotten there, but right now we are apostolic over the state of Maine because you grow in your calling. You can't become, uh, uh, you can't become a big fish until you, 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 learned how to be a little fish and your pond gets bigger. And as your pond gets bigger, you start growing and you start filling out in that. 
And so I want my husband, as the apostolic father over this state, I want him to lay hands on the both of you for this calling. And then we're going to go to you guys afterwards. Amen. Father, we know in your word, by the authority of the Holy Spirit, what was shared here today, what was prayed here today, even in Scripture, Lord, it was a man sent from God. We know, Lord, you sent this couple to this region, to this church. We release right now an apostolic authority into their lives, into their ministry. Father, it won't be just about us four no more. It'll be for the region and eventually, Lord, a bigger region. We thank you right now, Lord. So this apostolic call that's upon us, we release to them. In Jesus' name, the vision, the calling, the authority, the word, the commitment, the faithfulness, all these things to be released into them from this moment on. We give you praise right now, Lord, for their lives, for you choosing them to be here. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The board. You want to charge the board? The board. You're, you're staying here. Yeah, you, you don't, don't leave the board, please. No. Yeah, man. This, we want to admonish you and challenge you. Brian and Leah, you guys are standing in the shadows, let's say, but you are here. We want to admonish you guys that as leadership in this church to hold up the arms to help this ministry go forward. There is a unity. There is a submission. There is a cooperation. And we thank God for that. Together, again, it's not just about this building. It's not just about this region. It's about a whole state and eventually New England and beyond. We thank God for that. So we want to lay hands on you. Is that all right? Carmel, that's all right? Amen. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to pinch any of you. I'm just going to lay hands on you, my wife and I. And we want to release that. And as we pray, we want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to come in and be a blessing and to help this church. I thank every one of you for your commitment to God. It was a, a risk of faith <laughs> and, and, and saying, uh, yes, Mark, we'll have you come in. Yes, Claudette, we'll have you come in. Uh, to be able to lead this church and to walk with this church, we say thank you. But yet we want to release a greater authority upon you as you walk and support this couple into what God has for this area. Amen. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for leadership. We thank you for those that have a heart after you, that run after you, that desire you, desire your will, desire your purpose. Father, we know, Lord, that they have been through a lot. But, Father, that's the past. Today we look to the future. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you that we can release upon this board the spirit of apostolic authority to walk with and to alongside, Lord, to help and to minister, to know, Lord, that it's more than numbers, it's more than just budget, but it's about your kingdom in the earth today. Father, we thank you. We give you praise today for every one of these board members or spouses, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for how you have equipped them, Lord. Your grace has been with them. Your mercy has been with them. Your strength has been with them. And today, Lord, we release a greater measure 
into their lives, into their families, their homes, Lord, into their leadership call into this church. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So to the both of you, oh, we're not done. Oh, no, no, no. So as King Solomon, when he was just a boy, sat on the throne, the greatest thing that he asked for was wisdom. And so because you are a young couple, and even as leadership behind who are older, I pray that you would seek wisdom. And wisdom is going that wisdom is going to be to deal with situations and obstacles that come your way. That you will not react out of the soul, but you will react out of the spirit. That you will see the problem and you won't react out of your emotions, but you will see because of the wisdom that you will have prayed for, that you will get and gather that wisdom. That people will be astonished that even at such a young age, that the wisdom that will come out of you in order to deal with situations that are going to arise. Because situations are going to arise. Okay, We would be crazy if we think that that wouldn't happen. And you'd be setting yourself up for a fall. So things are going to happen, but God is going to give all of you wisdom in how to deal with that. And then on top of that, you need to pray for revelation. Now, that's the spiritual aspect, that you will pray for revelation for the spiritual realm on how to awaken this region. There is specific strategy for this region that the Spirit of God wants to unlock. And it's, it's a spiritual thing. You're not going to get this out of the natural. So I pray right now that this would, be, this would be your charge. Pray for wisdom on how to deal with the natural circumstances that are going to arise. And then to ask the Lord for revelation to see in the spiritual realm at all times to see that. So we're going to release that right now to all of you. Remember, you guys are in the picture. Okay? You have to remember that. You are in the picture. You have to be present. Okay? This church has to realize that. They are going to be present in the stuff that's going to go on in this church. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for these people. We thank you for this past, these pastors right here because they work as one. So we thank you for them, Lord, and we welcome the youthfulness in them because this, at this age, dreams and visions flow. So we thank you, Lord, for this couple. We thank you for this leadership that was going to stand beside and alongside of this couple. So we thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that you are going to impart in this couple. We thank you, Lord, but you already know, as the pastor has already shared, that there are circumstances and situations that are going to arise, but you have already walked in those paths. They already have walked there. So we thank you, Lord, for now, for the wisdom that you will impart this leadership couple and the others in the background. We thank you for them, for the wisdom that you are giving them even right now. So we thank you also for the revelation, the spiritual revelation that is going to come to this couple unlock the keys 
to revival for this area. We thank you, Lord. We bless this couple to have a heart after you. So we thank you and we bless them, Lord. We thank you that this church will become a regional church in this area. That they will set a pattern for the churches around. That they will break the mold of tradition and they will go beyond what this region has ever seen. So we thank you now that these dreams and visions are now being implanted in the both of them. That they will start to dream. And the dream will grow. And the dream will grow. That they will start to see fruits of the dreams that they have been dreaming. And we speak to this region. And we say you shall accept the dreams that are coming. Enlarge, enlarge, enlarge your capacity. To be able to see the fullness of God in this area. We tell you, enemy, that you no longer have a foothold in this region. That what you meant for harm in this region is now being turned around to the glory of God. So we break the spiritual strongholds that the enemy has placed in this region. And we now take our authority. The stage has been set. Things are in order. So Holy Spirit, we release you in this area. We breathe upon this region the breath of the Holy Spirit. Where your hands have been bound, they have now been loose today. So I speak to the people here. Enlarge your vision. Your vision is too small. Enlarge your vision. Your vision is too small. Enlarge your vision because your vision is too small. Dare to dream with your leadership. Dare to dream with your leadership. Do not hold back. Do not put the brakes on. Do not say, I can't go there because it's never been done like this before. Welcome the change. Embrace the change. And see what I will do in this region. See how I will take a handful of people that have been willing to dedicate their lives to me and see what I can do. As you press into my spirit, 
I will do a mighty, powerful work in this region. Do not look back. Look forward and march towards what I have given you. Do not say we have walked in this day because you have not ever walked in this day that I am going to bring you to. Because I am doing a new work. I am changing a region. Grab hold of it and let me lead you. So I thank you for this people. I thank you for this congregation. I bless this people. And I thank you for what you are doing. I thank you for being amazing parents. That you would bless this couple with many more children that you have just started. And the Lord would say, I have just started. And as you have been faithful in releasing what I have given you, I am getting ready to pour into you many more sons and daughters, many more sons and daughters. You will release and release and release and release and release. And as you have blessed these ministries, in turn, you will be blessed and you will see a revival where revival has never hit. That we are in a work together and see the amazing things that I will do. I will turn your area upside down. And I will change it for my glory. Get ready. Retirement is not around the corner. And it's not even in the picture. And woman of God, I am telling you to arise to a new position. I am calling you forth like never before. Arise and see what I am going to do in your life. I am going to rearrange your life. And I am going to put new opportunities that are going to arise It's going to be like a breath of fresh air that is coming to you. So we will release that right now in Jesus' name. So we thank you for this amazing couple, this leadership over here. Let the leadership grow. Let it multiply. Hmm. Power of the Holy Spirit. Supernatural manifestations of your power of your authority will flow through the leadership and then will flow to the congregation. Thank you for this new day. And we bless these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
This is not the end. It's only the beginning of something great. Amen? Amen. Quentin, this is your congregation that God has entrusted you. So now I want you to address the congregation. God bless you. make this really fast. Um, I'll just say this. When I, when I knew this day was going to happen, there was uh, actually Pastor Al, were sitting in his, uh, we were sitting in his office, and uh, immediately when he said, you know, this is what the Lord's put in my heart to share, uh, a verse uh, dropped in my heart, and I think it goes so in line with what you guys have said, what you guys have said. So let me just read this to you really quick. It's in Ezekiel 33, verse 24. We'll back up actually 23. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, they who inhabit those ruins in the land of Israel are saying. In other words, the basically the remnant in Israel. And I, I think Carmel, when we first came for the interview, he, he told us that only 2% of this region is born again. So we in this room are definitely the remnant. Amen? But God always has a remnant that he wants to use. And then it goes on and it says this. It says, this is what the remnant was saying. Abraham was only one. And he inherited the land, but we are many, and I like what the NIV says. It says, surely the land has been given to us as our possession, as our inheritance. And I think that's simply just the word of the Lord. Um, it's not just for us, it's for all of us today. That, that Abraham, obviously we're Abraham's seed, that if he was one man and yet through God he possessed a land. But we are many, surely the land has given us the region, the Midcoast region, this area, as our possession, as our inheritance. And, uh, you know, anytime God gives us a word like that, uh, it's up to us to actually come in agreement with that word. We can just sit back and go, well, if God said it, it'll happen. That's not the way it works. Things just don't happen. Uh, we have to come into agreement uh, with those words, not only in our prayers and in our faith, but also by our actions. And so when you leave here today, uh, yes, it's a great day of celebration. Yes, it's a great day of, of a shifting that's happening in celebration life. Uh, but it's also a day where God's calling each and every one of us out to greater things for a greater purpose uh, to do his will in this land. And every person is a part of that. Amen. For we are many, surely the Lord has given this land as our possession. So uh, I would just encourage you to do this. And when we come back next week, come back with a new focus, new heart. God, we are open, we are willing, we are ready to do anything you want to do. Because uh, a verse, and I think Pastor mentioned it earlier, in Amos 3.3, it says, How can two walk together unless they be agreed? And so we are coming in agreement uh, with the Father today for his plans and his purposes for this region, for this church, and even our own lives. Because revival never happens in a region until it happens in us personally. So that we open our own hearts up to say, God, start revival here in me, in me. Amen. And it doesn't matter uh, how old you are or how young you are. God wants to do that through you. Amen. I want to pray and we will get you guys out of here so you can eat some lunch. Amen. You know, if you can, you can just lift your hands. Is that okay? Just, just as a surrender opening to the Father. Father, we honor your people today. Father, we honor... Uh, God, the plans and the purposes that you have for their lives. Lord, Jennifer and I, God, consider it uh, just a privilege. God, it's so humbling to come and be able to lead such an amazing group of people. Lord, thank you for their kindness. 
Lord, that they've shown to us, God, over uh, not just the past two months, but even this, uh, this last week. God, we've been blown away. And, Father, we ask that you would bless them, uh, God, in return, in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we have all collectively... God, we've heard your word today, and Lord, we choose this day, God, to come in agreement with what you desire to do. God, we choose that, God, even in our own hearts. So if you're here today, just go ahead in your own words with the Lord, just say, Lord, I come in agreement with what you're doing. God, I align myself with you today in Jesus' name. Father, just as you said in Habakkuk, you said that you would do something in our day that we wouldn't even believe if we were told. And, Lord, we believe that you desire to do great things exceedingly above and beyond anything we could hope or imagine. And so, Father, today, Lord, we choose individually and corporately as a body to come in agreement with all that you are saying, all that you are doing. And, uh, Lord, we thank you that when we do that, God, when we co-labor with you, God, great things happen. So, Lord, we just thank you, God, for literally this region. But, Lord, we thank you for what you want to do in this church and our own lives. And, Lord, we just, uh, before you today, say, Lord, let revival begin in me. Let it begin in me, God. Lord, awaken me, God, to what you've destined for me to be. God, awaken it. Awaken it. God, we ask, God, that you would call every person in this room deeper. God, deeper in prayer, deeper in worship. God, deeper in the word. God, that we would be hungry like we've never been hungry before for your presence, for your touch, just to know you intimately. Lord, you've invited every one of us, not just into a family, but, God, into an intimate family, into a family where we get to be intimate with our Father. And so, Lord, thank you, God, that just literally as we go home today, that there would be such a difference that we may even go, you know, I don't, I don't really know what happened there today, but something's different in me. And, Lord, when we wake up in the morning, God, that there would be such a drawing, uh, God, just to go spend time with you. So, Father, we just commit our lives to you once again. Lord, you are king. You own us. You shed your blood, God, that we might know you. And so, Father, we bless you today. Lord, we bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Thank you guys for coming today. I want to thank Pastor Rao. Obviously, um, so important for me today. Uh, that he came. Actually, I, I just was so blown away by the fact that I, I said, Pastor, can you come and be there our first Sunday? You're our spiritual father. Will you be there? Will you preach? And he didn't even think twice about it immediately. He said, yes, he would do it. And, uh, you know, as, as covenant love is our covering, uh, we'll talk about that more probably later, but as covenant love is the covering has been since the beginning of this church, will continue to be uh, the covering of our church. So you guys will definitely see these guys more uh, throughout the years. Yes. So anyways, uh, Bless you. Thank you guys for coming today. And uh, we'll be hanging around up here if anybody wants to come and chit-chat. If you can, do me a favor. Please come and thank this amazing couple uh, for everything that they've done over the last few months. Bottom bottom line, these guys really stepped up and and did an amazing job. They got thrown in there pretty quick, and they did a great job. So if you can, thank the board. I promise you this has not been an easy process for them. Uh, But thank God we're moving forward. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for coming.